the screw. Knuckleheads out there, cold shooting some hoops. Cruising down the street in my six ball. Docking the boot. What is up, Houston, Texas? Another episode, episode 28 here of the Houston Hollow Podcast. I'm joined today with the 6A regional finalist, the straight Jesuit baseball team, Coach Garcia Ramo in the house with three of his players. We'll introduce them in just one second. We'll get you wrapped up on what happened last week before the long Memorial weekend. Man, big time stuff going down in girls softball. We got three teams in Region 3 repping the H-Town area. Starting with Deer Park, who beat Clear Springs. Clear Springs was 31-0. Whooped them in game one. Clear Springs took game two, and Deer Park prevailed. So shout out to my friend Katie Schaefer, used to be Shoemaker, doing her thing. Mike and Sophie are so proud of y'all. Barbara Sill in 5A, going back to state. They're always in state, it seems like, in all the girls' sports. And in 4A, the Liberty Lady Panthers going to represent. So... Let's bring back three trophies from the ATX area back into Houston next weekend. On the baseball front, guess who got beat finally? Friendswood. Friendswood loses one game to College Station, but they bounce back as well. Tough team, tough series. They're going to play Barbers Hill. Who else for the Class 5A trip to state out of Region 3? And then the reason why we are here today, well, we're going to have a matchup between Jersey Village and Strake Jesuit in Class 6A. Jersey Village beats Pearland. Was that a three-game series, Coach? It was. Yes. So they went three, and then y'all went three as well after defeating a solid Katie Tompkins team, bouncing back to win double elimination games in two and three. And now y'all are one series away from going to state. How does it feel, guys? Good. Feels really good. Exciting. Is this the first time ever I heard one of your YouTube announcers, some one of your guys, y'all know who does the games for y'all? Y'all know the young man's name, Jacob? You know, I know him, but I cannot think of his name. Is he a senior? I think it's Will Turboff. He's a junior. Will is a junior, so we got another year. He's pretty good. He he might take my job someday, so we like him. He gave us some shout-outs and said, this is the first time Strake has reached the regional finals. Is this true? That's correct. It's the first time we've gotten to the finals. Uh, We had a previous team that went to uh, the regional semifinals, which was in the last round. Okay. So, Coach – that trip to the regional semifinals, that's 16 or 17, I believe. Regional semifinals, you played a three-game series, I believe, what, three or four years ago? Uh, yeah, the year was 2016, correct. So none of these guys have been on the team at that point? No, we had some brothers. Uh, Jacob's older brother played on the team. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Holly's, uh, Cameron Holly, who's a current member now, his brother's on that team. So there's some familiarities with some brothers. And, and a lot of those guys kind of hung around and coached our summer league teams as well. So there's a lot of familiarity with uh, the, that team and this team. All right, so I'm going to do this. This is fun. Jacob Dorman, you're senior, correct? Yes, sir. And you're going to go to Texas A&M next year? Yes, sir. Not going to focus on baseball anymore. You're just going to follow and focus on women and studying, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I might join like a men's organization or something like that. I got you. I got you, man. So, so just introduce your two teammates here the proper way. They say you're the talker on the team here. But I want you to introduce these two guys they can be introduced as your best friend or whatever they're extraordinary in. Go for it. Okay. Well, this is my friend, uh, Gabe Grunwald. Uh, he's the, our starting left fielder. Uh, and then this, and we have Caleb Garcia-Mo. Uh, he is a starting right fielder and also a DH and pitches sometimes. Wow. He didn't have much to say about y'all, huh? That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> I think he's a little nervous on that. No, lie. I don't talk about much about y'all. Mm-hmm. All right, so Gabe, tell me something that's crazy about Mr. Dorman over here. 
any chance that he gets, he will go fishing. Like he will find a pond. Yeah, it will happen. All right. He's, so does he? Does he know the best fishing spots around all of Southeast Texas, or no. maybe in, in, in the Katy, <laughs> Richmond, Fulcher area, or what? Not even close. Definitely not. No. No, but he, we see just a little fish on his story every once in a while. It's kind of funny. Not or his Insta story or his Twitter story or something. Snapchat. <laughs> Coach, can you attest to this? Do you give them fishing and leisure time? Uh, well, a little bit. Not much right now. But I can tell you, we got a lot of fishing guys on our team. Our catcher, James McCarroll, Carson Brown. You know, they, you know, they, they, they're out there quite a bit. So, which is great. I think it's, you know, you, you build that kind of friendship on the field and you can, you know, build that bond off the field as well. And, and honestly, that's going to be the long time friendships that you have. Going fishing and talking about this year, you know the the, the role is going to reverse. You know, here in about two or three weeks, they're going to be fishing, and ten years from now, they're going to be fishing together, and they're going to be going. You remember that team we had in twenty one? We were pretty good, and you remember that crazy coach we had? Yeah, well, okay, whatever. You know, so yeah, that's it's uh, it's it's good, it's good, but they they have a good time going out about. Caleb, would you say your coach is crazy? Sometimes. I mean, be careful. Uh, He's sitting all the way across the table from you, so you can't reach that far to hit you right now. No, I can't say anything. <laughs> Couldn't say much. No. All right, who's the, who's the best angler on the team, then, if, if we're going to talk fishing here? James McCarroll, without a doubt. So, top two are James McCarroll and Carson Brown. They go every weekend, like, at a minimum. Is that what they're probably doing right now for the rest of the day? I hope not. I, be <laughs> I told surprised. them to take a break from fishing and get ready for, for baseball this weekend and kind of relax a little bit. So talk me through this. Um, I don't know the stats, the details. I just know that y'all had a huge second half of that game three against Tompkins. They came out and beat y'all at eight to one in the first game, and y'all had a you shut them down in game two. Had a little rain delay, but you got the business done on Saturday. So I mean, just go ahead and tell me, Gabe, just what was going through y'all's minds in that game three matchup, and y'all got down two to one. They bring in one of their studs, or apparently one of their studs, and then. I kind of played a little small ball, took advantage of the situations, and got through it, huh? We've been practicing our small ball in practice. Every practice we have the same few drills, and we were ready for those scenarios. Um, we knew it was going to be a good game. We knew they had a dude that they are going to pitch on Saturday. Uh, I'm pretty sure we were prepared. We just wanted to put the ball in play, put the ball in play hard, put the ball in play. Good things happen. Um, we hit their – was it? We hit their – Second game, game two guy pretty well, so we had much, pretty much good confidence coming into the third game. Uh, we relied on our defense. Our defense, I'd say, is the core of our team, and we went from there. We had a few clutch hits with Ryan Montgomery, uh, so those, and Rich, Clay Richardson so set, it up, set us up perfectly for winning that game. Right on. So, Coach... Talk about that strategy. Is it one of those things where just put the ball in play and make them make mistakes, don't just sit up there and take pitches and swing at bad pitches and get quick outs? You know, it's the good thing about it has been somebody different every game, you know, and that's when you know you got a good team. You know, it could be, you know, it could be Gabe one day, you know, or it could be Jacob the next day, or like you mentioned, Clay Richardson, Ryan Montgomery, you know, and so, you know, our, we, we, we talk about having tough at-bats, being tough outs, extending at-bats, uh, and then – Depending on the situation is uh, how we're going to – who's up at the plate. Uh, we may put a bunt on. We may do a hit and run, steal. Uh, you know, we're all trying to get our team to buy into that uh, philosophy because you're going to run into those good pitchers. 
you know, when you're, when you're this deep in the playoffs, you're going to find out that they got a good pitcher one, two, and three. So eventually you're going to have to revert to back to that kind of, to that kind of game, a small ball game or, you know, and, and I don't say we got to be a small ball team, but it may be that part. I would love to just sit back there and just hit doubles off the wall, but it may not happen. So we got to be ready for all, you know, for that small ball mentality type of game. What was the toughest aspect of playing that Tompkins team, Jacob? Did you, uh, did you, did you, were y'all, were your backs really against the wall after game one, or did y'all not feel the pressure at all? Well, so, you know, after that, like, it was probably the second inning. I mean, it was pretty obvious it was going to be hard to come back at the first game. And so, but after the game, we were all texting in our group chat, and we were saying, you know, this entire season, we haven't had a team that's beaten us twice. So we've split with every good team in our district. So we we were still confident. Like we knew this team could be beat. Like despite all of them being six four, it was it was a big team. But you know, yeah. But so yeah. But we we knew that we could beat them. Caleb, what would you add to that? I mean, you're you're feeling a little bit of pressure maybe down the stretch, or after y'all won that game too, did y'all know y'all were gonna take the series? Uh, like Jacob said, we uh, throughout the whole. Throughout the second uh, series of district, we were always against our backs. Uh, we knew that we were a really good hitting team, and we just needed to come out a fresh game and do what we do all the time. Okay. Coach, are all the, all the series now all three gamers in UIL, or do they let you flip? You, flip, you can decide. If, if both coaches don't agree on one, you flip. Um, so why, why do you choose, if you win, to play a three-game series, or would you like to play one gamers? Uh, I like to play games. Uh, I think it's a great experience. I think three-game series are what it should be, um, just because it's more fun. Your dad doesn't tweet very often, does he? No, he's, he says, he's always at home, he's like, I want to stay off social media, but it gets on it every so once in a while. Do you, do you think he expressed his emotion this weekend a little bit on Twitter after that victory on Saturday? I noticed he tweeted, but I looked at all of his dates, I was like, man, Coach Garcia Ramo doesn't tweet very often. It's kind of inconsistent. I um, I think just on when we win big games like the one uh, this past weekend, he'll put something on there or retweet something. But uh, it's very rare. So it's, it was a good message, though. You were basically like, it's so awesome to have a m- another Monday practice. I know a lot of coaches look at it like that. So moving on, everybody says this back in January. Every single high school kid I've ever interviewed in August for two a days or beginning of basketball season, they all have one goal to go to state. Was that truly y'all's goal, especially maybe after losing a COVID year? And then you've had a consistent program coach for the last five or six years. You know, just talk about that. You've had some studs roll through your school as well. You know, the thing about it is, yeah, we did lose our season last year. And that, was, that played a part this year, too. It took us a little while to click a little bit as a team. And, but once we started clicking, it was, it was evident that we had a chance, you know. You know, what, if you look down the road, I think it's kind of, you know, you got to think you got to look at week to week. And these guys, and I talked about this yesterday to our, our team, is that we talk about having winning weeks. You know, we talk about in tournaments, we want to win that week. And when we get into district play, we want to have winning weeks. When we get into playoffs, we got to have a winning week or your season's over. So, you know, at the beginning of the playoffs, I mean, people talk about it. We want to get to state. And I think it's a, I think it's a goal that's in the back of your mind. But you have to realize that you got to win that week and then, you know, even like now, I mean, we're, we're two wins. We got, we got, you know, two wins to get to and a real tough team this week. So, you know, we, we got a ways to go still, as I like to say. We got a ways to go, but 
you know, uh, two wins away. Got to get two wins this week. And Jersey Village is a very uh, well-coached team and respectful coach team. So, do y'all see them in any scrimmages, or y'all play against any of their guys in select ball or anything like that? I've not. I've never seen them. No. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, this is good for their school as well. I mean, both y'all are getting additional exposure. You're the last two dogs remaining standing in Class Six A in Region Three. So I don't know if y'all actually realize how huge of an accomplishment this is, but it's not just something that your parents or coaches or teachers or you know aunts and uncles blow up. I mean, it's a huge deal to come out of Region Three and to be one of the last two teams standing. So I just want to congratulate y'all for that as well. Uh, Got to hit up a sponsor right quick, Murray's Beef Jerky. Find them on Instagram. I actually got my first package. They actually live out and work out of their house in Weston Lakes, Texas, right there out in Fulcher. And I got my first package, guys. I knew y'all were going to come in after baseball practice, so I didn't bring my jerky to share with y'all today. So I apologize <laughs> for that. But if you want to get some, check them out on Instagram. That's Aaron's Aaron Murray's Beef Jerky, Craft Jerky, delicious stuff. Back to business here. All right, Jerky and Rally Mac. Tell me the story about Rally Mac, gentlemen. So, I, I think it started about freshman year. Um, yeah, so there, we had a player, Declan Connor. He's not on the team anymore, but he one game he brought out this Velveeta mac and cheese, and we just it just stayed with us for the rest of the season. And we started playing well when we had it out. So it's been with us all four years. And Carson Brown has been the one, I guess, taking care of it, <laughs> keeping it, and he brought it out. And ever since then. We haven't really lost any games besides that one against Tompkins. So, so do y'all all participate in eating this or no? Well, actually, this was this past series we actually did. We everybody took one little piece of mac and cheese and we, yeah. okay. we ate it. it kinda this was like that. I think this was the first time we actually did it. Yeah. Um, so it's so now it's gonna fun. live. Like you might have to put like little macaronis on the back of your hat or something. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's one way. That's one way. If we get to that point, down to it. I mean, like a rally. It's literally rally mac instead of a rally cap. Mm-hmm. Coach, you didn't eat any macaroni and cheese in the dugout, or no? You know, when it first came out, I was like, "What is this?" And you know, I was like, "Well, whatever. hey, whatever works, works." And so I just, I let them, you know, I let, let them have their fun and let it go. And and you know, it's just, it's kind of different. You know, the, it, I got a little worried because it was, it happened to be one particular little rally. Uh, mac and cheese, a specific one, and all of a sudden, one was not in the dugout about two weeks ago or a week ago or even this past game. So I'm like, and I started getting, you know, I started looking into it. I said, well, we better have this rally mac, and so I think they got to go buy one. But I kind of played it off. I don't know. I let them deal with that. Somebody's putting Costco out of business, right, out there buying all the rally macaroni and cheese from Velveeta. Oh, yeah. So you're saying everybody that's an SJ grad needs to go get stock in Velveeta in the next couple of weeks. Then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what we need. Without yeah. a doubt. All right, I'll, I'll try to eat some Velveeta for y'all if we, if we need your help. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, three-game set out at U of H Cougar Field. Uh, just talk about how important game would be for the friends and family and SJ alumni to come out and watch y'all play this weekend. It would be huge. This is the furthest we've ever gone because we're now on varsity. I mean, it's a great accomplishment and to see our friends and family out there supporting us. It would be it would be amazing. It would be really heartfelt. How are the the fans right now? Have you did y'all have a few people last weekend, or is it mainly just friendly fa- girlfriends and moms and dads and whatnot? Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, alumni and parents and friends. Uh, we uh, recently had a big student section 
in the past few games. He's always been there. Uh, he's very intense. Makes the game a lot more intense. And you can definitely hear the fans, which you know, gives a little more boost in the dugout. Yeah. So what kind of noise these guys talk in the dugout? Do you keep it to a limit? <laughs> I do. You do? I, I mean, I know you. I know you too well. As an 03 grad, I know you too well. <laughs> I do. We keep it to a limit. You know, there's, there's certain limits that we have. Uh, you know, but they're they're very uh, energetic team, and uh, they feel you know they feed off of that. And but it's got to be it's got to be done the right way. You know, it, it, there's a there's a place for for things. So it's got to be done the right way. And and you know, and respect respect you know the opponent, and respect the officials, and and that's how you play this game. You know, respect the game. So but it, it all works out. It all works out the right way. I agree with that. So here we go. One more week of practice. Well, I guess a week and a half of practice if you advance past this week. What are y'all going to do all summer long when baseball is no longer there? Or do y'all even think about that now? I mean, obviously you're going to go fishing, but <laughs> what, what, what are y'all going to do moving forward? Um, I honestly haven't really thought about it. Um, so I was planning on going working for my grandpa, but, you know, I was ex- honestly wasn't expecting us to go this far in playoffs. And so it's been pushing that back. Further and further, but I'm not complaining at all. I mean, there's no place I'd rather be right now. <laughs> totally agree with that. I mean, I'm the only thing I know I'm doing for this summer is working a job. <laughs> That's it. Everything else is up for interpretation hey, at this work. point. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy I'm playing baseball right now. And the last thing that we do for straight Jesuit is play baseball. That alone is awesome. Is it weird to graduate but still go to baseball practice? Absolutely. Um, I think one of the funnier things uh, right after graduation is we're like, guys, we're playing baseball as alumni of Strict Jesuit. And the uh, funny thing Coach said was like, well, you're alumni from school, but not from baseball. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's probably literally the first group ever to graduate and play baseball at Strict. Yeah, the, the previous group, 2016, did it, but not as long yeah. as these guys. So, you know, again, they're not... They're, they're alumni from the school that I'm alumni from baseball yet, so hopefully you can keep that a little bit. But it's fun for these guys because, you know, I mean, they've been out of school for like three weeks now. Yeah. yeah this will be weeks. a third week of being out of school because you, you remember that you get out early, senior, right, right. then you have a week off, and then you have graduation. So, and I, and I told these guys that probably in the middle of districts, I mean, you, your goal is to be like playing baseball while you're graduating because family from out of town come in that are coming to watch you graduate. Now they're also getting to watch you play baseball. So, you know, they're just, they're living a good life right now, you know. They're living, a, they're living, wake up, go practice baseball, go back home, do whatever you want to go do, and then come back and do it again the next day, so. Right on. So, Coach, we know a guy that was number one SJ super fan, Larry Mason. And he passed away this past year. He did. Do, do you, did he go to the baseball games as well? Because I know he pretty much went to every sporting event. I mean, every time I went back to Strake, I always saw him in the stands for every single game. And if he touched any of y'all's lives, if y'all knew him very well, you know, you can speak out. But, Coach, I know you probably had a good relationship with him. He, he was for very, decades. very strong supporter of uh, Straight Jesuit. And, uh, and, and again, like like you said, a lot of the a lot of athletic games he participated was went there. He was, uh, you know, very he was very he was very Jesuit, very straight Jesuit one. You know that? Oh no, he was hundred percent about it. He used to tell me I need to come out and replace him as the super fan. So see, he was. We'll t- see. We'll see about that. As he, long, if you keep coaching, maybe I'll start going out. He, he was definitely a, a super fan, so we obviously miss him, and so. But he was a lot of games. He definitely was early too, a lot of early games. Yeah. So just talk about the historical context. 
right here in front of these three gentlemen, or give me like the prep of what you told the guys at practice. Maybe I'm sure they had Monday off, right? Nope. Nope. Y'all practice on Monday, so yes, sir. so just tell me what you what, what you led with this week because I know you probably gave me some inspiration going into the week. Oh God, I don't even know what I said yesterday. Or did you just keep it straight and simple and routine like you always did? Somewhat routine, obviously, but you know, just like. Be proud of your accomplishments, like Gabe mentioned earlier. Be proud of your accomplishments, but, you know, let's go try to win this week. Uh, you know, got to get two wins to, to play next week. And uh, but pretty much keep it, you know, keep, you know, keep it toned down. You know, there's nothing really they, – they know what they're playing for. I mean, there's – what words do I have to say? You know, they know what they're playing for. They know what they got to do uh, and enjoy it. You know, have fun. We got, we, we got structure, but, you know, there's some boundaries to have some fun as well. No conditioning anymore at this point in the season, right? Uh, kind of. Um, our bunt coverages, well, our, definitely our, our outfielders get a lot of work running all in. All these are outfielders. Yeah. <laughs> yep. our, our conditioning is built into our practice, basically. Yep. We're running all the time. Yeah. Um, our, we have an infielder. We have trade outfield, plug plays infield and outfield. He comes from to the outfield from the infield, and he's already drenched in sweat. So we know we're working. Getting worked up. That's Getting right. Put in. And, they, and Jacob said it right. Their, their conditioning is part of the practice, what they're doing. That, you know, it's always been my thing. It's like, you know, run during practice, and I don't have to run you after practice. And, and you know, and he's correct. we got a kid, uh, Trey Duffield, who's a junior, who does play outfield as well. He starts in right as well and does play infield depending on who's pitching. So, you know, working during practice. I noticed in a photo you had, like, 20-something kids on the team. Is that just kids called up to travel with y'all, or do y'all usually have a deep bench in any situation? We carry 22, I believe, and then we, we called up some kids. Okay. Four or five kids from – Which is normal. Right. A couple kids from there are, are juniors or sophomores or, you know, potential, you know, is something needed. They're, they're, they've been with us. Or an extra catcher is always needed as well. And, and plus, you know, this, this, this goes on. I know these guys only got – Weeks left, but the, the program still goes. Right. And so, so those younger guys are getting extra practice. Extra practice, get a feel what it's about, you know, experience. So it's very important in, in keeping this thing going for years. All right, this is the last important baseball question, and we're going to really lighten up here in a second. So all three of y'all just think, I'm going to make Jacob go first again, all right? Just what, what was the setback to how 2020 ended? Uh, y'all probably played, what, maybe two months? Or two weeks, or six weeks or so? We played last year to about games. spring break. 12, 12 games, games up to spring 12 break. Games, yeah. So just, just tell me how the ball was rolling. Was, was the team clicking? Were you all excited about getting it done? Or what oh. happened when you had to stop playing? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, last year we had – would have been a phenomenal team. Like, I had a bunch of trust in that team. And when our season got ended, it was – it didn't, you know, wasn't the happiest of times to – obviously, but because we lost a bunch of seniors who, you know, they didn't get their senior year to play. So uh, so we came in this year, and, you know, we knew that we had a good chance to go far last year, and we wanted to continue that. So we, you know, at the beginning of the year, kind of struggled. Our bats weren't working as much as we hoped they would. But we had a uh, this very deciding game uh, that we lost against Pearland, and that was when it that's when it clicked. And so we, we all came together and we were like, we're not gonna we're not gonna go out this easily. So we fall back and you know, now we're here. What went through your mind, Gabe? 
say the hardest setback was losing the influential seniors from last year because now we have to step up and we haven't seen how or we didn't have the full season to see how they act so we have to fill that spot and filling some of those shoes it was difficult like like he said we didn't click right away that's why it took time um i mean once we figured it out it worked very well but that was that was our major setback right there okay you feel the same way for Gabe said yes, um, I feel like last year uh, we had a lot. Of, we had really good hitting uh, due to uh, our shortstop Dylan Campbell, who's at UT now. Uh, helped us a lot there, and it was. I feel like the uh, leadership last year was very like it was not forced. It feels like very. It flowed very well. The team chemistry was amazing last year, and like Gabe said, you know, it's we didn't like click like this year as soon as snap. So, uh, you know, a lot of people had a come up and be a leader and it's very difficult for the uh, very first part of the season this year. Do you feel like your senior class this year really did step up coach and, we, might, I, and maybe they put a roadmap together for all future Jesuit football absolutely, teams? Absolutely. These guys were pretty close from the get-go I thought you know so it just took some time uh, not having a season. I think when you have a season not, like you know because at Jesuit we do a lot of things in-house you know retreats you know we've done a baseball retreat these guys have gotten together a lot during, like, they would go to football games and hang out together. So that kind of hurt us for this year's team a little bit, too, to get a team bonding, team chemistry. So that kind of had some effect at the beginning of the year, I thought. Uh, you know, and you got to have, in a season, like, you got to have some adversity. You got to have some things that happened, like the previous year. You got to see the hurt. Like, if we'd have played last year, uh, I don't know how that team would have done. Who knows? It could have been deep. It could have been one round. Who knows? But you grow. You grow, and these guys would have seen how much pain it is to see play a season in that senior class not, you know, to play. So they would come into the season ready to roll. So it took some time. But until I can tell you, once we got it, it's been awesome. It's been – once we found it, it's been really, it's been really clicking. Well, we hope you all keep rolling. So let's have a little fun here and roll to the end of this podcast. All right, so – the most annoying thing a member of your family has ever yelled at a straight Jesuit baseball game or maybe even dating back uh-uh. to Little League or T-ball, just something annoying. And if you don't have something annoying that your family member said, I'm looking out for you, Caleb, because your family member happens to be your head coach at the end of the table here. Go for it. So let's hear, let's hear those embarrassing stories. You know what? Coach might have embarrassing stories, too. So look out if you're going to call Coach out here. I'm not this time. I'm gonna play it safe. Um, for the for ever since we started playing in playoffs, uh, my sister thought it was a good idea to start singing the Barbie Girl theme song when I came up to bat, and she sings it loud, and but and she won't stop now because the one game she did it, I th- I don't know what I did. I think I went like three for four, something like that. And so she told me she's not going to stop doing it for every at-bat. And so what is that song again? Can you remind us what that song yeah, yeah. is? Yeah, sing it out real quick. Sing it. Yeah, Come sing on. It, yeah. You know, he's that beautiful I don't think voice. I, we I, I, that beautiful choir, voice. You know, yeah, I was in choir, but not for that kind of music. <laughs> Do y'all know the song? I know the song because it probably came out when I was in high school. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. I know you don't know the song. Oh, I know the song, but I don't want to <laughs> sing it. It's all good. All right, so, so is that the same story you were thinking of as well? Or do you have a better one? Can you top that story? Can yes. you one-up them? 
Let's yes. go for it. Let's hear it, Gabe. It can be of like like two years ago, That's correct? That's fine, yeah. All right, okay. So career, anything apparent or anything that a coach has ever done that's driven you nuts. All right, so Mr. Vicero, uh, father of James Vicero, has been known to be very um, loud in the stands, right? And so I had a girlfriend at the time, my sophomore year, and we're playing at home. And she decided, hey, let's come to a game, okay? And she walks in, and I'm on deck. I'm on deck. I'm getting ready to hit. Uh, my buddy Joey Gutierrez is up to plate. And she walks up. Mr. Caro sees. He says, hey, Gabe, your girlfriend's here. You got to get a hit. So you struck out. No, I absolutely uh, hit a shot to the center fielder. So I did get out. It wasn't a strikeout, but I did get out. Hey, it's unfortunate. Put the ball in play. Coach can't get mad. At oh, it was absolutely. That. Everybody was laughing, even the umpires. I was just excited as your girlfriend walked. He was just letting mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal, right? You got to let you know because you're not focused on the game enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Over there with his arms crossed, like. Did you even hear it? I don't even. I try not to hear the stands. You don't listen to the stands at all. Try to. Some are pretty loud, but. All right. I know you come from a family of coaches. But do you have any good stories, maybe from your young childhood or anything recent? I cannot think of anything. Oh, so I, no, I, 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 nothing. I, no car rides home. Nothing with dad in the oh, front seat. Oh my god! You don't have oh, any car rides home. Car rides home are the worst. Oh, car rides home. Uh, I know. Last year, last summer, we were playing out in Katy for a tournament, and uh, I was pitching, and the umpire had the wrong count, and uh, he got ejected. It was the, it was pretty funny. You got to check it. I was like, well, that's the first time. Everyone, all my teammates. Wait a second, like, wait a second. So wait, you said this in your mind, or did y'all close car doors and ride home from the tournament? And you just looked at him and said, well, that's the first time. What? How did this go well, down? I was like, well, that's the first time I saw that. I've seen you get ejected in a game. Well, when I was playing, I've seen him get ejected in other games. But uh, the funny thing is, he asked. So what were the, you know, all the teammates saying like? He goes, all the team was like, your dad is crazy. I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> was it embarrassing for you to get ejected, or do you understand when it happens? I was the one who got ejected. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Yeah, when he gets ejected. Is that oh, embarrassing, I, or does that fire you up a little more? Uh, I think it fired me up a little more. You got some ammo um, in your pocket, coach, for the next two rounds. It's definitely kind of funny, though. <laughs> that was summer league. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So you, don't, so you don't do it in the regular league? I have not been ejected in a regular game, in a, probably since you were in high school. Okay. So, so tell us the ejection story. We all want to hear it because these guys were barely even born back then. Back when? The, when I was in high school. Yeah. Tell oh, us, I think the one the, the one that got ejected was uh, the one that really stands out was in Dallas, playing Dallas Jesuit. And um, back then we were independent. Right. And it was just us and Dallas Jesuit playing in the Jesuit World Series, whatever. And I was an assistant coach at the time. And the umpire was not given a strike call or something. And, and basically, I argued balls and strikes, which you're not supposed to do. And he, he got mad at my catcher, so I defended my catcher. At the time, I couldn't remember who the catcher was. Might have been, might have been Matt Hawthorne. Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, so I defended my catcher, and so I got ran. And so I had to go sit in the outfield at Dallas Jesuit, behind the chain link fence. Right. And sit back in by the parking lot, you know, and just sat there for like really like two and a half hours. Like it happened the first inning. 
So I had to go sit out there for two and a half hours. So you learned your lesson. It's like I don't know if I learned. Yeah, I did. I just, yeah, yeah, you're like this sucks. Yeah, it was, it was bad. So, so yeah, no car rides are are pretty good. Car, car rides. <laughs> yeah. with Caleb were okay. Actually, they're now they, 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 we don't. No, they're not. He goes, oh no. I got Probably didn't high. Put you on the spot here. But Probably, got once one good once we got to high school, you know, right. it's like, you know, it's not fair to everybody. Not fair to him. Not fair to everybody else. So it was like baseball's over with, you know. Get home, be, be who, who I'm supposed to be, you know. So it's it's challenging, but that's why he started driving his own self. Right, right. I think he was pretty happy when he uh, turned 16. He got to drive. Did y'all ever have that moment where like you didn't run back to the dugout after striking out, or maybe you smacked your bat on the on the ground, or something like that? Y'all ever had those moments, or did y'all pretty much learn from the get go? Can't do that. Because sometimes it's coaching, but sometimes it comes down to the parents too. Coach, you know what I mean? You've seen generations of players come through, you know. Yeah, well, think about Jacobs. I coached Jacob too, little league, you know. He, so he, Jacobs knows how I am, how I was. He rode back some, a few times on with us. Y'all want to give a shout out to y'all's little leagues y'all played in? What? Well, yeah, Rosenberg, Rosenberg Little League. Rosenberg. National. Are y'all National. Up Rosenberg alumni too? See, yeah. I didn't go. I didn't go to Lamar Little League. I was Rosenberg. Uh, uh, I'm on the other side of town. I live in Cyprus, okay. so I played. I played at SBMSA in Memorial. I did okay. drive a little bit, so okay. That's where I played SBMSA long time ago. See, you didn't even know that, huh? That's great. Spring Branch Memorial Sports Association. Yep. Which high school did you go to, Coach? Which Northbrook High School? Northbrook. That's right. Okay. And then you played a little college ball as well. So yeah, so I went to at a at a college. Went to junior college, Laredo. Then I went to Stephen F. Okay. Axum Jets, right? That's right. All right. And Caleb, you're going to go play at uh, Alvin Community College? Yes, sir. What are they going to primarily have you do while you're there? Are you going to be pitching at all? or Pitching mostly. Okay. Pitching, yeah. Only pitching. Are you – who's your who's your rotation going into this weekend? Is, does, it, does it change? Or? No, it hasn't changed. Okay, so is, is Caleb number one on the list no. or no? Caleb's like a reliever, and okay. our starter's been doing such a great job. Do you have uh, to him, huh? Haven't eaten him. He's, he's got some ways, you know, he's still learning how to pitch from the side, so he's a, he's a, he's a learner type of thing. So, Garrett Stratton's been our number one on a Thursday starter. Senior or junior? Junior. Okay. Andy Leon's been our uh, Friday starter. And then Carson, uh, Rally Mack, Brown, game three guy. He's senior. <laughs> he got it in there. So, so, you said junior, senior, senior? Yep. Okay. And then we've had some relievers like Jacob Lopresto. Who's come in? Uh, he's kind of our long relief guy. Uh, Ryan Montgomery has also pitched well, um, and then so we're, we're pretty we're pretty deep in the pitching. I remember back in the day. Do you remember like Elkins and uh, Kingwood? How good they were like early two thousands. They used to get to play at Minute Maid Ballpark. Like the regional finals used to be at Minute Maid Ballpark. Astros will never let that happen now, especially now in this COVID era that we live in. But getting to play at U of H, getting to play at Cougar Field. You know, even if you got to play like at A&M or UT, like getting to play at these college venues from here on out, or maybe what, Dell Diamond and Round Rock? Is it still Dell Diamond? Uh, yes. So is it 6A in Dell or is it Dishwalk? No, it's all, they're all at uh, all in Round Rock. They're all Round Rock. So, I mean, y'all get to play in two sweet venues in the next two weekends. Does that change anything from your approach, maybe the depth perception, or are y'all just ready to get out there and see if y'all can hit the wall with a double or a dinger? I mean, the field's bigger. Like, we, we've played at high school fields for all of our games. So, I mean, college fields going to be a little different. I mean, the outfield's going to be bigger for us. Uh, foul territory is a little different. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, 
Uh, if we hit a ball out, we would have to hit it pretty much the perfect pitch, perfect hit. Yeah, you're it's deep. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty deep. So I mean, you crank it, you crank it. Oh, you never know. It's gonna oh, go yeah. out anyway. You might get it inside the parker. You never know. Who's leadoff guy? Oh, so you're the leadoff man. So how about first pitch? Why don't you send one? <laughs> I've been close. To be he fair, I did. He I've did. been close. No, oh no, I have, to, I, I have two inside and two over the fence. So yeah, coach just wants you to get on the base. That's very right. true. So yes. Whatever you gotta do, put your hip out there, stick your knee or elbow out there. Just get <laughs> it done. I just gotta get on base somehow. Absolutely. All right. So Thursday night, Cougar Field, seven o'clock, seven on Friday, and then two Saturday if needed. Correct, Coach? That's correct. All right. So get out there. We do wish Jersey Village luck. Hopefully, the winner of that series goes on to win the state championship, bring it back to H Town. We never want to see Dallas win anything at all. So let's keep it in Houston. Uh, congratulations for making it this far, guys. And we wish y'all good luck moving forward. Last thing I want to do is, you three gentlemen, give a shout out to whoever you want, your parents, your grandparents, whoever you want, for being there and supporting you over the years. Y'all just go for it. Start with you, Jacob, one more time. Definitely my parents, uh, John Dorman, Tamadorn. Uh, they've been to literally every game since I was 12. Uh, definitely my parents, too, and my girlfriend. They've been to every game. Uh, David, Rhonda Grunwald, and then Rachel Nielsen, my girlfriend. Uh, my parents and my grandparents uh, come to every game since I was like five. Nice. And then you're going to see your son play his last couple of weekends of, I guess, prep ball. So let's talk about that. And also, who supported you? I know you're very family oriented as well. So, yeah, so my parents, 85 year old strong, you know, they come out to every, every game they can. So it's been very, uh, very, very, very emotional for them as well. They're very happy and. You know, and my you know, my wife, who's a you know coach, has been there, been to state tournaments before herself. Uh, my daughter Kristen, uh, my and my my extended family, and as well my brother and sister and their spouses and nephews and nieces. I, think I got a you know I got a crowd coming out there. So and and also you know this team, uh, you know shout out to this team. These guys are a bunch, a bunch of tight guys, and you know our school as well. Father Johnson, who comes out to practices. Uh, very supportive of our program. Uh, Principal Mr. Lojo and, and our athletic director, Mr. Crow, Coach Crowley. Uh, so it's been an awesome run. All right, what is the team prayer before the uh, before the first pitch on Thursday night? Or do y'all just lead your own little silent prayer? Wait, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> is, is this your father? Just yeah, our father. father. It's been our father. Our father. I was that's, that's a typical Dude. choice. I just put you on the spot. Right. What is that prayer call that everybody says like at least once a day? Yeah. <laughs> it's been the Our Father a pretty consistent here last right. Well, just letting y'all know, y'all know, going to add it to our wall here at Houston Hollow like we do. We want to extend knowledge to the whole city about the city of athletes because more athletes come from this city than any other city. So, congratulations. It was great having Jacob, Gabe, and Caleb, and Coach Raul Garcia from Straight Judgment on our podcast today. You're now part of the city of athletes as far as H-Town Houston Hollow is Concern. I want to wish a happy birthday to Joey Wyatt's wife. Joey could not be here today, but thank him for helping me get all of this set up. Hope y'all have a wonderful birthday party for your wife. And last but not least, we're going to send y'all out with a positive message. Hugs and high fives, all right? Give each other hugs and high fives in the dugout after victories. And hugs and high fives out there in the community. Y'all get June kicked off on the right foot. And we'll see you back here either Thursday or Sunday. I'm going to get with Joey to see what that schedule is going to be about. 
And we'll tell you how the Astros wrapped up against the Red Sox. They took game one in fashion the other night. So we'll see if they end up pulling out that series as well. And we'll dive into a little bit of the NBA playoffs, check on our former Houston Rockets and see how they are embarrassing the city by doing well in other cities. Uh, sounds like CP3 sits out two games, shocker, and his team loses. So we'll see if he comes back and brings the Suns against the Lakers back from a 2-2 tie. Anywho, thank you all for coming out today. And uh, we love discussing some baseball with you. And I hope to plan out. I plan to hope to get out there to see you all at least Thursday night. I do now have a sweet Jesuit baseball hat. I'll have to do all the way to the back. I got like a size 7 and 7 eighths head. So. <laughs> but we'll get it on there and we'll get it all ready to go. Good luck to straight Jesuit against Jersey Village. Also, like we said, good luck in that Barber Hill Friendswood series. Gonna be some good baseball in Austin. So thank you all for tuning in. And uh, y'all, like I said, keep those hugs and high fives going. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you guys. Have a great night.